Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Turn the Jets podcast. I'm your host, Will Parkinson, at WillPaw11 on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special guest today, Joe Caparoso. Me and Joe, we're going to talk pretty much primarily what we saw both at uh, at MetLife Stadium yesterday with the Jets. Did want to get an initial reaction as we're about to record uh, a story break from Diana Rossini and Zach Rosenblatt at The Athletic. But Zach Wilson is, quote-unquote, reluctant to uh, to be the Jets starter again, um, saying that he feels potentially scapegoated. Um, and, and things of that nature. I would say, Joe, how you doing? How you feeling? You know, your whole mantra, but <laughs> what what the fuck is going on? Uh, I mean, man, it just feels like the circus is back. This feels very late 2014 to me when reg- a regime really feels like they're on the hot seat and they know the end is coming for certain pieces. It gets messy uh, and leaks start coming fast and furious. It, how or why this gets out there. It would seem it would come from Zach's camp. That would probably be the only person that I guess benefits from this. It doesn't make the coaching staff or front office look good. I I'd like to see the dust settle on it. I'd like to see what Salah says about it publicly. I mean, this just came out. Um, I want to see how it plays out. I find it kind of hard to believe that Zach bluntly told them he's not going to play. And if I had to guess as of this recording, He's either going to end up starting or they're just going to release him. I don't know how there's like a in-between. This is also like, again, a bit of a distraction here. Like they're four and eight, their season's over. They're going to be bad on offense no matter what. They've been bad on offense with all three quarterbacks this year. They were bad on offense with Zach last year. He's played 30 plus games here. Like it is what it is. The quarterbacks are bad. The coach is bad. The front office is bad. It's all bad right now. And this is just like an embarrassing footnote now on what has turned into a really ugly season. So I, it's a hard thing for Salah to have to address. Uh, I don't know how all that kind of plays out in the locker room when you have, I mean, there was already some questions about how these dudes feel about Zach and now it's out there. Like he's like reluctant to play and help them down the stretch. It's weird, man. I it, only the jets put themselves in these situations. And I again say, this ended in the Jaguars game last year. This was done for both sides. Zach, it would have been good for Zach to have a clean start. It would have been good for the Jets to have a clean start. When you get benched in a win, a must-win primetime game for a guy who's effectively a fullback, it's over. And it's okay to start fresh. And they just let this carry on. We, me and you talked about this very specifically in May and June. It just it didn't make any sense. And now they're paying the price for it. So I'm fascinated. There, there will be more leaks that come that aren't even just Zach, Zach specific. You're going to see the coaching staff more directly go after the front office and vice versa. You've already gotten some hints of that. Everyone is in job preservation mode, which continues to make me wonder, even though I've said status quo will hold, 
will there actually be some bigger systematic changes because it's getting very ugly very fast. Yeah, no, look, I'm on the same page. Look, I, is there a reason for Zach to probably feel the way he feels? I guess, sure. I mean, you know, I did feel kind of like a, a bone of the fans to bench him at this point, uh, at one point in the year, but he's also playing terribly. And I just, it comes off, again, we don't know the validity of the report. I, we needed to learn more, but a guy who's been one of the biggest, if not the biggest draft busts in, in NFL history, who's been unproductive, benched four times and was part of the problem. Even if you don't think he was the whole problem, that's fair, but... Um, there's a lot of other issues with the Jets and the offensive staff and the offensive talent and so on and so forth. Like, all these things are fair. I get it. And to bench Jack and make him inactive and then crawl back two weeks later to, you know, start him. Sure. Like it, it's not a great look. It's that's the bad look on the Jets. Like all that stuff's valid and fair. And again, um, I guess I understand where he'd be coming from. But the NFL is the NFL. Um, when your rep is already that you're probably a little entitled, um, being a unproductive quarterback let alone a historically bad quarterback and refusing to play. Um, if that's the case, again, we don't know the exact specifics, but if that's the case, that's, that's, that's crazy. And um, there's 32 starting quarterback jobs in the NFL. It's the most desired position and quarterback and the most desired position and, and job in probably in the country <laughs> for, for lack of a better term. And you refusing to do it while also performing at an historically bad level is, is crazy. Yes. Again, Zach's better than Tim Boyle and Trevor Simeon. That's not exactly a high bar to clear. He should have been, they should have moved on last year. Um, you know, in the offseason, they didn't. They should have moved on, moved on after the Bills game this year, mutually parted ways. It's better for both sides. It's a huge distraction. So um, do you think he ends up getting released here? Because like if he's not starting and he's still on the roster on Sunday, this kind of feels like it could get really, really ugly. It, there's definitely a world where he gets, I think he'd like to be released. I think you saw this. I mean, it's a different situation with Amos where he's like a veteran who probably wants to latch on to a contender, but people want to jump off this ship right now. And that's, it's not a great look to Salah. It's not a great look to, look to Douglas. You know, it's both of them who are uh, accountable here. I, I wouldn't be, I mean, Zach's not going to be on this team next year. I, I never say never with the Jets. I shouldn't say that. I don't like to speak in absolutes when it comes to the Jets. There is certainly a world where I guess he could be on the team next year because I'm shocked he was on the team this year, but sure. I get, I could see him being released. I, it's just a very weird, unconventional thing. Like Zach, for some reason, again, people can't hold two ideas in their mind at once. All these guys could be bad. Zach could be a little better than Boyle and Simeon. They're all still bad. And it's not like Zach wasn't benched after a three-game losing streak where the Jets didn't score any touchdowns. Like, these things happen. So, I, I don't really know, like, the leg he has on to be like, well, I'm not playing for you guys anymore. It's like, dude, you have six touchdowns and 12 turnovers this year, and you were quarterback most of the way for the worst offense in recent NFL history. Uh, so, do I think, yeah, he, like he maybe he feels a little vindicated looking how bad they've still been without him. And is he probably better because he's more mobile than those other two guys? Sure. But uh, like if Zach Wilson gets released today, like where, where is he going? He's going to go be a third stringer somewhere the rest of this year and then maybe compete to be a backup next year. He's not going to be handed a backup job. Um, so I, I like I, it's not like some like starting job waiting for him <laughs> out there next year with a different team, especially with this quarterback class. So it's just a weird situation and it speaks to how fundamentally broken a lot of things are with the leadership infrastructure uh, from the front office down to the coaching staff. And nobody should be absolved of blame right now when you have a player this bad holding your very bad team hostage and you kind of just can't get these five games over with quick enough. Uh, because it's just all distractions from a team who, how, how is this team like ready to play against the team 
in Houston, who's battling for a playoff spot next week and playing against Miami two weeks after who's battling for a one seed. These teams are going to buzzsaw them. And I, I don't see it getting better before it gets worse, unless you're talking about draft position. Yeah, no, look, I'm on the same page as you. I just think there's a couple of things I just want to highlight. And we can just kind of quickly talk about the Falcons game that like, I just think it can, a lot of different things can be true. Like Zach's not the only issue and wasn't the only issue and hasn't been the only issue over the last couple of years, but you know, historically bad quarterback plays, historically bad quarterback play. And I, I just always find it interesting how when it comes to every other team in the NFL, we look directly at the quarterback every single time and it's the highest paid position, you know, and basically in sports and it's the most important position in sports with the Jets. It's everybody else's fault and the quarterback can't be that important. Like now the quarterback is that important. And I understand it's fatigue of watching terrible quarterbacks for the last you know, 10 or even 20 plus years, but um, it, it's a huge issue. And, you know, they ran Michael floor out of town because uh, he was mean to Zach and, you know, Woody Johnson needed a scalp and they, and they fired the floor and who just got extended in LA and, you know, Hackett has his issues and the O line has its issues and et cetera, et cetera. But um, being better than, you know, Zach's obviously better than Tim Boyle and, and Travis Simeon, but the Jets bench Zach Wilson because there was pretty much nothing else left to do. They bench or cut pretty much everybody else in the roster on the offensive side that was making mistakes. They basically benched CJ Uzama, they benched Lazard, they cut Michael Carter, they virtually benched Alvin Cook at points. Um, they bench basically quasi benched Dwayne Brown. Like it, they've done a lot and it just it feels convenient to like be like oh zach that was sure zach skateboarded sure you could make the argument etc but again like this team's been a mess um you know at the quarterback position for a while and they they fired in rogers and it was supposed to cover everything up again this issue started in march not adding a backup and bringing zach back it then compounded you know when rogers gets hurt and the only guy they added is trevor simeon three weeks later kind of let the season go down the tubes a little bit any other takeaways from yesterday? I don't want to ignore yesterday. I want to just hit on the Zach stuff. Again, we'll find out more when Robert Sala speaks to the media. Um, I'm sure we won't get much out of that conversation. But again, um, is there anything like any takeaways from yesterday? I mean, they thought the defense was awesome. The refs were horrendous. And Gary Wilson was open a lot. That's kind of what I <laughs> took away from the game. Uh, it was it was tough to watch. Uh, you know, I was there in person. I, I continue to empathize for the defense. The defense is more than held up their end of the bargain 95% of the time this year. You know, they scored two points. They only allowed one touchdown, and it was on a short field after a Dalvin Cook fumble. They're clueless on offense. There's no plan. There's no design. Dalvin Cook looks like he doesn't want to be out there. The offensive line is a little better in pass pro, but just gets totally bullied in the run game. Like, Brees Hall is just getting blasted behind the line of scrimmage i think everyone might have got a little over their skis with the quarter, carter warren hype uh, like let's let's see it for like six or seven games here before we act like he's like a certified starter next year um it's a very bad offense and you know all that considered again like they had the ball the chance to win which is why for and i'm guilty of this too like do i think they could have a top three or four pick like yes but can they also stumble into beating washington or new england especially new england sure because you know Atlanta's going to be a playoff team in, in a very bad division but like the defense and special teams did everything to make this game competitive. And unfortunately, a lot of these games are just going to become footnotes now. I mean, it will be a step up in competition with Houston and Miami. Those are going to be very difficult games. Never mind all these distractions going on. Are there going to be other people who want out of here? Like Joe Douglas is the most powerful football guy in this organization. And it seems like every six weeks, someone wants out of here going back to like Elijah Moore and Mims. And again, not like Mims has done anything anywhere else, but it's, it's just a, not the best trend in the world, but from the game perspective, I feel bad for the defense. I think they've, they've played their asses off this year and they've just been hung out to dry really for two years in a row now. And 
Robert Sala is carrying himself like a dead man walking. I don't know if he's going to get fired, but he's carrying himself like someone who's going to get fired. And I have to imagine that energy is kind of in the building now where everyone is on survival mode. And that's why I think you're going to see some ugly hours leak wise over the next five, six weeks like this. This like odd thought that the Jets have been like a lockdown, leak-free organization under Douglas is insane. Like there's just no proof of that. Uh, I think um, I'm curious to see what comes out when people are this desperate. And again, if you still ask me today, I don't think they're going to make any major changes. But each passing week, that seems crazier and crazier to say. Yeah, I actually think it absolves them a little bit if they just cut bait with Zach right now. Mutually agreed to part ways. Um, the 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 uh, Cardinals just did it with Zach Ertz. The you know Jets did it with Adrian Amos. Um, I could see a similar situation happen with Dalvin Cook. I don't think it'll happen, but it's it's not out of the question. His majority of his salaries per game. Um, look, the Jets have a lot of building blocks on this team. I think if you look at a glass half, you know, full mentality. Um, you know, they're in a position where they might end up with a generational talent, Marvin Harrison, to pair with Garrett Wilson and Aaron Rodgers next year, Brees Hall. And it's like, holy crap, if we get one or two offensive linemen in here and Aaron Rodgers for 16 or 17 games, like we're probably going to win 12 or 13 games. Like that's the glass half full side of it. The glass half empty is like, how can you trust Rodgers to stay healealthy, even though he's been healthy majority of his career? You need basically to get in at least a veteran backup and then a developmental quarterback as well. Um you know, Joe Douglas, if they pick that high, do you trust Joe Douglas to make the pick considering he's on, you know, he'd be on, he's on quarterback number four and multi, you know, <laughs> the record is insane. You know, solid does some nice things, but again, still struggles at some of the small things. I wanted to point out one huge frustration I had yesterday with solid, which again, didn't make a difference, but you know, you were at the game as well, Joe. I don't know if you remember, there's a Tyler Conklin first down. There was a bad spot down around the 20 yard line. Everyone in the stadium saw it was a first down. Salah has his hand on his back pocket. And instead of challenging it, getting a free, winning a free challenge and getting his team a chance to regroup by going into the red zone, they run a quarterback sneak, almost don't get it. And to me, that, that those are the little things where like, it's year three, that stuff shouldn't still be happening. Um, you can't make, there, a lot of the penalties yesterday were were trash and, and the NFL officiating is probably the worst crew I think I've ever seen. Um, you know, on both sides, it was horrible, you know, all the way around. Even the, the Simeon fumble at the end was pretty clearly a fumble. And for some reason, they ruled it incomplete on the field um, when you're supposed to rule it the other way. Uh, I just, I don't know. Yesterday was frustrating because I felt like the defense was awesome for the most part and didn't even play an A game. And like they were still incredible. I thought, you know, Justin Hardy being back was good. I thought Garrett was wide open. I actually thought Hackett had a decent game. Dalvin had nice moments, but then has the bad pass pro, you know, rep and um, the fumble and it kind of takes away from it. You know, Brees looks obviously frustrated. Conklin had a decent game. Like, I don't know. I'm kind of hitting on a lot of different things here. But um, did you see that same exact thing with Conklin getting a first down and him not challenging it? Like, am I crazy? Like, what? Why would not? Would you not challenge that? It was a clear, easy win. Yeah, there's just chaos on the sideline. I, I don't think he has a feel for the game when it comes to game management. There's no feel for the flow of the game. That you know, they take that timeout on that like random third and six, and then Atlanta gets the first down anyway. Uh, there's not a good feel for when to use challenges, clock management, overall strategy going into these games. It, it's they're very poorly coached, and there's still all the pre-snap penalties and the motion penalties, and the stuff before the half was a joke. I think any objective person would say that. Like it, it was, I've never seen anything like that. But putting that aside, this team is just disorganized and poorly coached. They're poorly assembled, but they're also poorly coached, and I there's just. You can't watch this Jets team this year and be like, well, that's a well-coached football team. Like they're they're ready to go. Like they clearly have like a smart game plan for their specific opponent this week. It just doesn't look like that. And it's uh 
it's ugly hours now. And this press conference, like, again, we're not trying to get, probably not going to get much. And I, nothing would surprise me because this is the Jets. I would not be surprised if we find out in an hour, Zach Wilson is starting and this entire thing is like this. I never said that. Like, of course I'm happy to play or he gets released or they start Simeon and Zach's the backup. Nothing would surprise me. And again, this is all sort of distraction conversation from a GM who's 17 and 45. If you take away the Gase McCagden roster, and a head coach who is 15 and 31. So co-tight level winning percentages over a long period of time, you know, whether it's Simeon Boyle, Zach, or Zach's in his feelings or not, that is not the conversation that's going to really need to be had going into next year. Yeah, no, 100%. And, and I'll be back on the feed tomorrow. When it's, I'm going to dive more in deep. This me and Joe just want to kind of hop on here, uh, talk kind of the, the breaking news story, and as well as just kind of a little bit of what happened yesterday. Again, Make sure you guys are subscribed to Badlands. Um, Joe's going to tell you a little bit about, you know, what's going on with Profit Exchange. Uh, but again, you know, appreciate everybody for listening. I'll be back on the feed tomorrow. Connor and Joe will have, you know, their weekly stuff. Um, you know, a lot of stuff, a lot of stuff on the Badlands feed and turn on the Jets. But uh, Joe, obviously, I know got some stuff coming out of Profit Exchange and then we'll uh, we'll get out of here and be back on the feed tomorrow. As always, Profit Exchange, promo code BADLANDS125, no sweat first bet. Thank you to Profit. Thank you to our friends from Chitty's Cheese Steaks for setting up an awesome tailgate yesterday. Uh, it was great to see, great to hang with everyone. Um, and continue to look out for our bet with BADLANDS bets. I won on Garrett Wilson, more yards, and Drake London. So I at least had some type of win yesterday. Uh, so check out Profit Exchange and use promo code BADLANDS and plenty of content coming from Will and I <laughs> this week because there'll be no shortage of things to talk about. Appreciate you for listening. We'll uh, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Have a good uh, rest of the night, everybody.